Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! IO, and welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That guy over there is the wild man, Chris Wiles. The gentleman down below me joining us is our co-host, JR. Gentlemen, happy National Recruiting Day. Signing Day. National Signing Day. Um... Liked it a whole lot better when it was in February. I know the coaches yeah. do as well. Uh, and this is supposed to be the early signing period, but it is basically the signing period. And uh, most of Ohio State's class has been signed, sealed, and delivered. There's still one guy floating out there that we have questions about, but we're going to act like he's in the class right now just because he did make it nationally known on national television. Uh, we'll get into that in just a minute. But, guys, we are the official Ohio State podcast of Fansided and Scarlet and Game from Fansided. Head on over to scarletgame.com. Read up all about these recruits in this signing class that just happened today on National Signing Day. Uh, they also have other great stories as we prepare you for the Cotton Bowl that is going to be happening uh, next week in nine days as we record this on Wednesday evening. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Happy National Signing Day, Jr. I'm good, man. It's uh, it's been a fun day, I guess. Um, you know, a lot of good players that we got. We lost one player today, so uh, that kind of stinks. But I think we'll, I think we'll be able to survive. So uh, we didn't lose yep. the uh, most important guys. Chris, happy National Signing Day to you. You too, Eric. Uh, y- you know, of all things to lose, it was a receiver, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> And we still might flip one a, a defensive lineman uh, from that's the state right. of Ohio. So, I mean, that's still out there right now as well as we record this at 8 o'clock Eastern, p.m. Eastern here in Ohio. Today was a roller coaster ride of emotions. 
Um, if you're on, uh, if you were on uh, Ohio State Twitter, my gosh, the the LJ needs to be fired. Ryan Day is Cooper to, oh my gosh, we 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 pulled off a miracle. I mean, it was the craziest day of emotions on Twitter, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that. But here's how we're going to do this tonight. We're actually going to break this down by position. Each one of us has taken a position to talk about the recruits that we got at that position. And so without any further ado, JR, we're going to turn it over to you first to talk about the recruit. I'm personally most excited about the best. He's got one of the best names in all of college football coming in next year. That's our quarterback, Air Nolan. So JR, take it away. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than your name being Air. I know that's a nickname. His real name's Prentice, but uh, it doesn't get much better being named Air as a quarterback. Uh, listen, I, I've heard anybody and everybody talk about this kid, and the same thing that I've heard is, you know, placement precision expert. And we had one of those here recently. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get the best recognition because a couple, uh, one team was cheating and kind of ruined his reputation and ruined his Heisman chances. But other than that, uh, Aaron Nolan is a fantastic prospect. I keep hearing everybody talk about how he he should be a consensus five-star, but of course you have on three who barely has him in the top. Uh, well, he's not even in the top 75. He's number 76 for them. Uh, it's 24-7 has him as number 57, so I don't know what they're doing. But ESPN, of all ratings, has him number 30, and then Rivals has him number 25. So eventually that averages him out into a five-star, thankfully. However, um, there are definitely some services that are um, that are definitely sleeping on him. But I, I just don't get it. The dude, everything you watch, everything you see, I know Michigan fans will tell you Jaden Davis had better stats. Uh, Jaden Davis was also playing uh, toddlers compared to who Aaron Nolan was playing in uh, in his high school ball. So um, I wouldn't get hung up on the stats. I wouldn't get hung up on those things. If anything, try to find some footage of him at the Elite 11 because he really, really shined at the Elite 11. And he's one of those guys that he just kind of has the perfect – uh, skill set for Ryan Day to really mold and turn into something, I think. JR, am I crazy if I told you that I'd rather have him than Dylan Rayola? Well, no, because I think Aaron Nolan has a better head on his shoulders. And maybe not even that, but he has a, a more supportive family uh, rather than Dylan Rayola. Because I, I honestly think if you if you got Dylan Rayola, you'd be back into the same situation with Kyle McCord. And maybe Dylan Rayola is more talented than Kyle McCord, but he brings in too much drama with his family and the leaving and the portal, all that stuff that, you know, in my mind, I don't want that drama. I want a guy who's about the team and who just wants to win. Yep. I also feel like watching his film, um, a lot of comparisons to CJ Stroud, a left-handed CJ mm -hmm. Stroud. I think he might be a little bit more athletic with his feet. Am I crazy? No, from the film that I've watched, he's definitely athletic. He doesn't get a chance to show it as much because of the offense that they run. They, they kind of want him to be a pocket passer uh, down in Georgia. However, he does have the ability to be on the run. So I think you'll see more of that at Ohio State, kind of like CJ, but you won't see it the traditional way. You won't see it, you know, like CJ – um, when he was running up the field in Georgia, you'll probably see him more rolling out and getting time uh, outside the pocket. Uh, but at the same time, he also is a quick decision maker. So he doesn't have to roll out 
all the time. That was one of my biggest things with Bryce Young is he didn't always make the quick decisions. And that's one of the reasons why he's currently struggling in the NFL is because he, he almost just relies on his ability to roll out when he doesn't feel confident about something. However, C.J. Stroud was confident in his arm. And from everything I've seen with Aaron Nolan, Air Nolan, he is confident in his arm and will make those quick decisions as well. All right, let's move on to running back now, guys. And I'm going to take this one here. And I'm going to talk a little bit about James Peoples, the four-star running back from San Antonio, Texas. Top 100 recruit. Uh 5'10", 192, not the tallest of guys, but we have a very good track record here, guys, of getting running backs from the state of Texas that do very well in Columbus, Ohio, okay? So uh, I'm I'm all about this one. I think this kid's makeup is fantastic, both on and off the field. I think he's got a great head on his shoulders, and that's one of the themes for a lot of these recruits that committed today to Ohio State. They come from great backgrounds with great families. They're very smart, intelligent young man, young men who do well in the classroom, who are, who are well-spoken in public uh, when they do interviews. And it just so happens they're also some of the best athletes that uh, are playing uh, that played high school football uh, this past year as well. And James Peoples is is in that list, absolutely. Um, I love his running style. He is both – he's very quick, but he is a power runner. He's got some shiftiness about him, but he's not afraid to lower his head and get the tough yards. And so he is the quintessential three-down back uh, that you want to see in your backfield. I think James Peoples and, – and, and Ryan Day even mentioned this in the press conference today. James Peoples has the ability to make an impact – right away at Ohio State. I do not think he's he is in the two deep unless uh, Travion Henderson decides to jet and go to the NFL, in which case I believe Dallin Hayden's running mate might end up being James Peoples at the beginning of the season. So keep your eye on that. We also picked up a second running back who is a little bit more of a dual threat in also in the receiving game. And three-star Sam Williams-Dixon, a little bit bigger at 5'11", 203, considered a burner. The national rankings not very high at 594, but there's a reason for that. That is because he played for West Holmes High School, which is Amish country here in Ohio, okay? <laughs> and then he transferred his senior year to Pickerington and played at the powerhouse here in central Ohio. But by then, the kind of the word on him was that he, you know, he didn't play against good competition. And so the recruiting kind of was a little bit behind on him. This is someone who I kind of uh, envision in, in a DeMar Demario McCall kind of role, um, someone who uh, can maybe be in special teams right away and then someone out of the backfield on third downs, on third and longs that you throw in there and he might be able to uh, pick up something on a screenplay or something of that nature, uh, much like Demario McCall did as well. Of course, if you remember at the end of his career, he actually moved to, moved to the defensive side and played defensive back in his last year at Ohio State. I don't think Sam Dixon, Sam Williams Dixon, is uh, going to be that, but I do believe that um, he has that dual threat ability. Now, before we turn it over to Chris to talk about wide receivers, I have a funny video that I'd like to show you. <clears throat> this is of the nation's number one recruit uh, who 
reaffirmed his commitment to Ohio State today and is currently, from all we can tell, signed but not signed. Not it's signed. really, yeah, really weird. But here is a video of Ryan Day's reaction when he found out that Jeremiah Smith reaffirmed his commitment to Ohio State. So again, if you're joining us live, you're looking at Jeremiah Smith there. That's not only the number one wide receiver in the country, that's the number one player in the country. And we are awaiting his announcement down there in Florida, and we're going to it now. something to get myself in trouble <laughs> well i think they're still waiting for it to come in chris <laughs> yeah as of 7 30 eric uh we still have not gotten the uh letter signed letter of intent in and to my understanding he has not signed an nil deal as of this point but you know what uh we're just going to treat him like he is here he's uh, given a verbal commitment uh he has a hard uh, hard commit to osu uh, and i'll tell you what i'm excited to see this kid play 6'3", 198 pounds, great size, out of one of the, the I love the name of this city, Opalaka, Florida, Eric. Opalaka, you know. Uh, you know, he's the number one recruit in the nation. Good size, good hands, good speed. There is nothing to not like about this guy. Uh, very strong when he goes up for the ball. Just a, a super, super talented young man. And I'll tell you, I am very excited to see him because I believe this guy coming in has the same type of size and I think a similar skill set to one Marvin Harrison Jr. So I am really excited to see what happens once he gets on the field. Okay. Next guy up. Next guy up, uh, Mylon Graham. Now, this guy, uh, six, uh, 6'1", 170 out of New Haven, Indiana. Now, Milan is a little bit more of a burner. Uh, you know, he's a, he plays a little bit longer. He's uh, he's kind of our speed guy, has great twitch, and uh, does need to polish his route running up a little bit, I think. But, but other than that, really, you know, a really good um, receiving prospect. I don't think he comes in quite as ready uh, as what we have with Jeremiah Smith. But you know what? Uh, you know, I think he's got the ability to – really be a significant talent as he develops. Uh, he has great ability as far as high pointing the ball, uh, good body awareness. And, and, you know, these guys that are coming in with this kind of talent, once Brian Hartline gets a hold of these guys and polishes these guys up, I think we're looking at two more, just like we've had the last few years, you know, we, we've got number one draft or first round draft picks written all over these guys. Uh, 
All right, so we got the tight ends next. Max LeBlanc is uh, a really, really good tight end. He doesn't quite get the recognition. However, he's kind of going to be able to do both things for you. The other guy we're going to talk about is a little bit more special, but, um, you know, he has a great frame. He definitely has the body to be able to add uh, the kind of poundage you need on him. So that way he not only is a receiving threat, but is a blocking threat as well. And unfortunately, that's something that Ohio State has missed on a little bit lately is tight ends who are able to block in the run game. Uh, Cade Stover put in a lot of effort for it, but it obviously was not his uh, his strong suit. Uh, so you like to see that effort. But I think Max LeBlanc is going to come in and he's going to be uh, not only a willing blocker, but a more able blocker as well. Uh, and he, the, the thing is, he doesn't really do either one super great. Uh, so that's going to be kind of why his rating is a little bit lower. But again, once you get him in the system and they really make him out to who they want him to be, uh, he's going to be able to uh, to be a really good tight end for Ohio State. All right, let's move on to the next guy, Damarion Witten. Um, this is actually probably my third or fourth uh, favorite get in the class because the dude is is incredibly slept on uh, and one of the main reasons why is because he's kind of positionless not only uh, is he a tight end but he also plays receiver as well and that was why at the beginning I said I wasn't too concerned about losing Jeremiah McClellan no offense to him I think he's a very good player I think he'll do well at Oregon however Demario Witten is somebody who can be a wide receiver for you I can definitely see him being a tight end slash a kind of bigger slot guy uh, which is something we've not traditionally seen a lot at Ohio State but it's definitely something that we could use um, this guy's going to be a really really interesting tool to see what Brian Hartline can do with him if he does practice with the receivers enough and get that kind of training. I think that he's quicker than most tight ends, which puts him, uh, makes him be able to be put out on the slot as well. Um, and I forget who I was listening to today. I think it was one of the head 24-7 guys, but uh, he was saying that <clears throat> if Demarion Witten is able to be used in the right way, he could be a superstar at Ohio State. He could be uh, a receiver that Ohio State utilizes really, really well for a year or two and gets drafted really, really high because he ha- kind of has that special body, that special talent for it. So uh, this guy's going to be able to be used in, in a few different ways. Um, I don't think he's going to be the traditional tight end. He's a little bit <laughs> I don't know if you're going to want to be able to add that weight to him um, that needs to be added for a tight end. So I'll see him more as a tight end slash a slot receiver type of deal. And it's going to be really, really cool to see the way Ryan Day uses him. I believe, didn't he just win the Army Bowl MVP? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> that's legit. And it's because it's it's because, like I said, he doesn't have like a a position. Like they put him as a tight end and twenty four seven and on three and all those places. But at the end of the day, they can't like nail him down, which makes it really hard for them to evaluate him. But if you yeah. watch him play in a game, the dude is nearly unstoppable. Mismatch problem. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right, let's move to the big uglies because this is where Ohio State has struggled in. Unfortunately. Um, I would say they also struggled in recruiting the offensive line once again. Now we got bodies, and I'm gonna—they're gonna put my theory to the test about Midwest linemen, as opposed to going and down there and getting the big four-star uh, linemen from the South who are good at pass blocking but don't really know how to run block. 
These guys all know how to run block. Ian Moore, four-star offensive lineman, almost became a top 100 recruit, one of the top offensive linemen in the Midwest, 6'5", 295, the second-highest-ranked recruit from the state of Indiana, played his high school ball at New Palestine, Indiana. Some are saying he's a plug-and-play. I think he probably needs at least one year of development, maybe two, before he becomes a starting tackle. Uh, and if that doesn't work, I think you kick him inside, and he's, 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 a, he's a good two, three-year starter at guard. But I believe they honestly are going to give him the first crack at being left tackle from this class, if not right tackle. And the other one they're going to go with is one of the two twins from here in the state of Ohio. Uh, this one being Deontay Armstrong. Devontae, his younger brother, is the guard. Deontay is the tackle. So if you can't tell them apart because they're, they're identical twins, Deontay is the tackle. Devonte is the guard, okay? 66280 uh has really grown into his body, has shot up there in the past few years. Plays for a state championship team there in Lakewood, Ohio. Um this is a super athletic kid uh who is going to no doubt in my opinion be a tackle and probably a starting tackle within year number three at Ohio State. It might he might be a red shirt sophomore when he breaks that starting lineup. But I I gotta be honest with you. I know Ian Moore's considered more of the slam dunk. I think Deontay Armstrong's ceiling might be a little bit higher. This is the type of kid who when he fills out that body and he gets in the body by Mickey program and adds some strength to this huge frame of his and these ginormous long arms, he is going to be a force at left tackle uh, at Ohio State. Let's look at his little twin brother here. I say little because he's 6'5". He's got an inch shorter than his brother. But Devontae is your guard, all right? Um, and, and he is, he is, he plays with a lot of juice. This kid has got a lot of fire, a lot of will about him. Um, if, if there's one kid who people say, ah, I just don't think he's going to have it. I think this kid wills himself to someday being a starter beside his brother on the offensive line. I really do. Um, so even though Deontay's the one that has a little bit better measurables, I think Devontae's heart, his grit this is the type of kid that I always scream about that we don't recruit, we don't get. He goes to Michigan or Michigan State and then just gives us nightmares for years because we we didn't recruit him and we didn't bring him to Columbus. Thankfully, we got him, uh, and so we got both the Armstrong brothers. Now, this one is very interesting. This was a go-and-get-late uh, type of recruit here as we move on to the next slide and Evie Mux doesn't want to work with me. Here we go. <clears throat> Gabe Van Sickle, three-star offensive lineman, 6'5", 283. As you can see, his national ranking not very good at 605 from Coopersville, stayed up north. Was committed to Northwestern, decommitted, came over to Ohio State after we lost Mark Nave, who decommitted and ended up going to Kentucky. Uh, we go out and grab Gabe Van Sickle to replace him. This is a project. I I think Gabe understands that he's going to have to be a project. But let me give let me let me throw this little tidbit at you. Northwestern typically recruits offensive linemen very well from the Midwest who are low three-star guys who end up developing and becoming very good starters in the Big Ten. So if Northwestern was after him, I think we give him a chance. 
So let's see how this goes for Gabe. Maybe by the time he's a redshirt junior, he he could get in there and, and, and jump in there as a guard or even play center possibly. So there is that advantage for him as well. He might be able to snap the football. Smart kid if he was going to Northwestern, right? Usually you want your centers to be very smart. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to jump over to the defensive side of the ball. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, guys, so we are back, and we're going to start with the defensive line here. And, guys, this is the one that might, you know, you know, everybody's excited about Jeremiah Smith, myself included, but I am really excited about Edric Houston. Edric Houston is a big guy, 6'3", 265, uh, great first step, explosive. Uh, you know, he, he's great in backside pursuit. He's just all over the field. Um, he, he comes in, he was a four-star Ranked 33rd nationally, fifth out of the state of Georgia, seventh among defensive linemen. And, and I'll tell you, he just is explosive, good power, plays long, has good uh, good use of his hands, um, good footwork. That probably goes back to the fact that he actually uh, ran track as well as being a wrestler. So he knows how to throw people around. Um, I think this guy is a huge, huge get for us. Uh, on the defensive line. Uh, this is a guy who I think is going to come in and make an impact sooner rather than later. Um, somebody I'm really, really excited to see. Uh, you know, he, he comes in, he does most of his damage off the edge and at the high school level. Um, and I imagine we'll probably see him there. But if he puts a little size on, he can play multiple spots along that defensive line. Very versatile. So next... We have, if my slide comes with me. There you go. It's on there. Is it? Okay, because I'm still showing Edric on mine. Okay. Next, we have Eric Mensa. Uh, Eric Mensa is out of Stafford, Virginia. He comes in. He is ranked 780th nationally, um, 90th among defensive linemen, 13th out of the state of Virginia. Uh, honestly, this guy, this guy I see is a little bit more of a project player. Um, he has the ability to make plays, but you know, not overwhelming speed. Most of what he does, uh, as far as, uh, as a, uh, pass rusher is power rush. Not somebody who I think is going to be playing right away. He's somebody who I think is going to add a little depth and maybe, 
you know, by junior year might actually see the playing field as a starter. So that is our two defensive line commits, JR. All right, let's get to the linebackers. Our first linebacker is Peyton Pierce. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Peyton Pierce, he is a middle linebacker type. He is going to be kind of your Tommy Eichenberg type of guy who's going to be able to be in the middle, really be that mind guy that uh, Jim Knowles talks a lot about. Jay, uh Laurinaitis, James Laurinaitis, is very, very high on this kid. Now, he doesn't have the highest ranking ever. Uh, part of the reason for that is I believe it was his junior year. He was out most of the year with an injury. However, he did rise in the rankings his senior year playing better. Uh, but, of course, when you're injured for an entire year, uh, that limits how much they can grade you on. So he uh, he had a very successful team. He tallied 131 tackles, 21 tackles for loss, and six sacks as just a sophomore uh, in, what was that, 2021. So a very, very special player who is, is like I said before, on some of the other players, he's kind of slept on. Uh, he could miss out on a little bit of that development in high school because of his injury, so that might impact him here. Uh, but still, a kid who, who, knows, <clears throat> who knows football and will do a good job there. All right, let's move on to the next one, Garrett Stover. Garrett Stover is very interesting to me because if you look on 24-7, all these places, a lot of them have him listed as a safety. Ohio State wants to utilize him as a linebacker. I anticipate that that probably means that Jim Knowles it wants to put some weight on him, maybe make him a little bit bigger, might want to use him in kind of that linebacker slash safety role, kind of like what he did with Sonny Styles. And one of the reasons why they have him listed as a safety is because of his speed and his athleticism. The kid can run a 4-4-5, which is pretty unheard of for a linebacker. That's that's very fast for a linebacker and good for him. So um, it, it's also possible that he plays safety. It's also possible that he is kind of that third linebacker slash safety guy. We'll see what Ohio State does with him. I like to think that they'll probably put him as the linebacker, but uh, just in a super athletic kid, the cousin of Cade Stover. So bringing the Stover name back to Ohio State after Cade moves on. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sure we'll have stories about the farm or something like that with him like we have with Cade. <laughs> Well, I actually do have some stories on him. Okay. It's it's not a farm, but his dad owns an excavating company. So oh. if if Cade was the combine, then we <laughs> we we might have the bulldozer now. Garrett, the go. bulldozer Stover, bulldozer Stover. I love it. There we go. I'm for it. <laughs> From the combine to the bulldozer. All right, let's talk about the position that Ohio State absolutely cleaned up on in this recruiting cycle and it has everything to do with this guy over here Aaron Scott he is the number one recruit from the state of Ohio in the 2024 cycle a five-star cornerback who shunned that state up north and the team up north when they thought they were going to get him he said no -uh. uh actually even a troll Jim Harbaugh when he decided to commit to Ohio State, which I loved. Aaron Scott has got great size at 6'2", 190 pounds, tracks the football incredibly well, uh, knows how to turn his head when he's actually uh, in pursuit and covering a wide receiver and look for the football. This kid is going to see the field 
from day number one. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be a starter next year, but I do believe he is probably in the two deep and will find playing time, not only in special teams, but I believe he will might he possibly could be rotated with the cornerbacks from day number one. You don't bring a five-star in like that who's this good, a top 50 kid in, in the nation, 34th nationally, according to the 247 Sports Composite, and not get him on the field. you got to find ways to get him on the field, and I believe Aaron Scott is going to do that for the Buckeyes. Now, that's that's not to say that this guy right here isn't good as well and could possibly be that person I just spoke of too. Bryce West, uh, four-star cornerback slash safety 5'11", 177, not as good size as Aaron Scott, but I love this kid's film. Uh, played from uh, played in Glenville, so you got that pipeline flowing well. Is the teammate for um, uh, the the tight end we spoke of earlier uh, there, uh, Jr. Help me out. Um, uh, Stover. Uh, what was the other one? Pay- Pierce. No, no, no. The tight end. The tight end. We. Oh, the tight end. Witten. Sorry. Witten. Yes. Uh, what's his Lambert. first? Demarion? Demarion. Demarion Witten. I was almost said Demario, and I'm like, that's not it. Uh, Witten, <laughs> thank you. They're teammates for Glenville. So, Terry, uh, you got uh, you got Glenn Sr. up there just pumping out talent, Division One talent again, and Ohio State's tapping into that pipeline. I love it. Bryce West, another great film. I would not be shocked one bit if he is also on the field in day number one. Now, I, I just don't think – I think Aaron Scott's got the, the size, but maybe, possibly, Bryce West gets moved to safety here. Um, that's that's a possibility. But I would love to see both these guys just become CB1 and CB2 out there on the field with uh, within the next couple of years because they're that good. And then we have one more cornerback to speak of, Miles Lockhart, a four-star cornerback, 5'10", 185. He's from the desert. We went out to Chandler, Arizona to pull up this cat and decided to bring him over to the Buckeye State. So, at again, not great size, but I do believe that Miles Lockhart has got a future. He's just going to be a little bit more of a developmental guy than the other two, but we've been surprised before. Sometimes these guys uh, develop more in this offseason than we realize. We'll see if Miles, I'm not sure if he's a part of those who will be able to graduate right away and, and come to Columbus in January. I hope he does. That seems to help their development out immensely going into that freshman year. But be on the lookout for Miles Lockhart as well. Even though he's ranked 368th nationally, he is no pushover. He is also very good, very good film as well, his junior year that I've, I've watched. So we'll see if Miles Lockhart uh, can develop. He's not the... He's not the big two at cornerback that I just spoke of, but having him as a fallback in case one of those other guys either does A, doesn't develop, B, has an injury, or C, hits the portal, because we all know that's a possibility now, you have a guy like this who can jump in and and, and play right away as well. All right, let's take a look at safety, Chris. Okay, Eric, and we've got two at the safety position. Uh, first one to talk about is Jalen McLean. He's a six foot, one hundred eighty five pound safety out of Seton Hall Prep in West Orange, New Jersey. Comes in ranked third out of the state of New Jersey, twenty eighth among safeties, two hundred sixty ninth overall. Uh, you know he came in as a four star according to the two four seven composite. Good size, a uh, little bit, little bit light, but uh, 
you know, has a, a frame that he can play long, uh, has good speed uh, overall, um, you know, has, a, I believe, an 11.06, I believe was his 100-meter time, if I'm not mistaken. So this is a guy who can move down the field. He is a physical safety, but you know what? When he's cover in coverage, he actually is pretty fluid. Uh, good movement with the hips, good backpedal. But, you know, one thing he does have to improve on a little bit, guys, is, you know, as I'm watching the film, it, it looks like it takes him some time to get involved if the play's not coming right at him. He's a guy that attacks the run game when it's coming at him, and he really needs to develop getting more involved quicker when the play is on the opposite side of the field. Other than that, this guy looks like a pretty solid prospect. You know, now, Chris, next, very, very yeah, interesting about these guys, these these defensive backs who come from New Jersey, I've noticed they all hit, man. Oh, they hit. They lay the wood, no doubt about it. This kid is a physical kid. When he, when he gets you in his sights, he is going – you're going to remember getting hit and so I some, love it. Some possible uh, targeting calls in the future for one Jalen McClain. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll take it. If, if it's in the process of being aggressive and not aiming to hurt somebody, I'm okay with it. <laughs> All right. uh, the other guy we got is a three star out of Fort Myers, Florida. That is Leroy Roker. He's a six one, 187, or I'm sorry, 170 pound safety. He comes in ranked 974th nationally, 106th uh, among safeties, and 132nd out of the state of Florida. Uh, this guy, you know, he was recruited by Iowa, recruited by the U, uh, and recruited by Old Dominion. So these are some schools who actually have some, you know, history as far as having some pretty decent safeties come out. Um, not a whole lot out there about Leroy. Uh, that I've seen. I've watched his film and I mean, he looks solid, but nothing I'm overly impressed by. Uh, seems to have fairly decent speed. Um, and, and, you know, his technique as far as tackling goes is solid. But, you know, I think this is a guy who's going to take a lot of development time. I don't see him being somebody who's going to come in and make an impact anytime soon. Um, he's somebody that I see Perry Eliano, you know, really having to develop and maybe again by that third, fourth year in the program, he's ready to make a step up and move into the starting lineup or at least into the two deep. All right. Taking a look at the rankings for this class of 2024, this is the fourth ranked class nationally overall, according to the 247 sports composite rankings. However, they are ranked second overall nationally based on average recruit ranking. So in other words, the three ahead of us, Georgia, Alabama, the U, all of them have like 27 or more recruits. We have 21. That's the difference. Um, but our average average ranking <laughs> is, is second only to Georgia and right ahead of Alabama. We're the first-ranked class in the Big Ten. Uh, right behind us is newly joined Oregon. Oregon is the second in the class. Uh, if you're looking for the next – You're welcome, would... Oregon. <laughs> next in the class would be that state up north, the team up north, and Penn State. But they are down to, I believe, 14th and 15th overall nationally. So in the top 10, in the, or in the top 10 nationally, the Big Ten – um, you got two, Ohio State and Oregon. So we'll see how that goes in the future. 
Uh, five five-star recruits in this class, according to the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. That's the most in the nation. Seven recruits from the state of Ohio. Still not enough, if you ask me. I'd like to see that number closer to nine or ten. Uh, Jim Trestle would, would look at that and say, this is why you're not winning that game at the end of the year. 11 offensive and nine defensive recruits. And that's, I know that only comes out to 20. One of the recruits that we're counting in the 21 is a long snapper, the second ranked highest long snapper in the nation. But he is a um, preferred walk-on this first year. So he does not have a scally at this time. So that's why I'm not counting it. So those are your rankings according to 247 Sports Composites. Guys, what are your initial thoughts overall for this class? JR, I'll start with you. Well, I agree. I think seven is too few Ohio guys to have in this class, especially when you're only signing 20 or 21, depending on what happens with Jeremiah Smith. But um, to me, you needed to get a few more of those developmental guys. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm happy with the guys we got, but I wish I wish they would have gotten, you know, a Coy Beasley. I mean, Purdue. Uh, I know they went after him and he stick, stuck with Purdue, but uh, we, oh, Minnesota wasn't it? Minnesota. Uh, no, uh, that's a uh, Coy Parish. I oh, think. Oh. I don't think he's an Ohio kid, is he? Oh no, no, no! You're right. No, he's not. Yes, Coy Beasley with the. But it's like Ohio State never even really sh- shot their shot with Beasley. I I heard that they went after him. Uh, I mean, I give Ryan Walters his credit. I heard that they went after him after he committed, um, and he's a safety. It was after they missed on KJ Bolden, they went after him, and uh, and he basically just he told him no, you didn't want me before. Purdue wanted me, um, and so you know th- this kind of approach that Ohio State has where they offer very few guys and they go back and check in on them. I think players have more power nowadays than they used to. And so I think that, you know, I appreciate that Ohio State doesn't just offer 300 guys like Michigan does because Michigan is just hopeful that anybody will come to their school because they just are terrible at recruiting. Um, They're barely top 20 and they've been in the playoffs the last three years. So the cheating hasn't done much for you, Jim, um, in the recruiting at least. But but to me, you have to get a guy like that. Reggie Powers decommitted from Michigan State. Um, and, and it's actually – it is totally inexcusable to lose Jordan Marshall to Michigan. That is a direct result of us losing to them the past two years and Ryan Day not putting enough emphasis on the running game. Don't get me wrong. I like the passing game, and I think that is excellent. However, um, the dude's Mr. Football in Ohio. I don't think he's the best player in Ohio, but still, he's Mr. Football in Ohio. He's a running back. That's what Ohio State is known for. Um, to me, that is that is inexcusable. This class is not perfect because of that. Ohio State should have Jordan Marshall, and that is a direct failure on Ryan Day's part that he did not get that done. Chris, how do you think this class, overall thoughts with this class? Well, you know, I'm with uh, you and JR both. I really would love to see more Ohio kids in this class. Um, I I love the fact that we did keep the twins at home. But, you know, uh, overall, I'm I'm still seeing that we we have, what, five five five-stars in this class? Again, two of them are receivers. As much as I love – our passing game, as much as I love our, our high powered offense and the receivers, <clears throat> you, you know, we've got to start getting some of those five-star guys along that offensive line. That that's the biggest, I think, struggle for us right now. Um, 
but overall, I mean, the talent the, the talent we got is good. I love the the potential of Aaron Nolan. Uh, if Jeremiah Smith comes through, like I said, I think this is a guy that could be just as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, you, know, you know, we got Edric. We were able to keep hold of him. I really think that he is going to be an impact player, like I said, much sooner rather than later. Um, I think we got some decent depth guys at the safety position. Uh, I don't think there's anybody who's going to come in and press right away for a starting job. But, you know, I, I think it was a solid recruiting class. I still think we're having some struggles in, in some key areas and maybe overemphasizing other areas. But at the same time, you, you know, when you're the second rated recruiting class in the country, it's, it's kind of hard to argue. Real fast before we let JR take off, he's got another podcast <clears throat> that he needs to host. Uh, the Big Ten huddle. So my theory on what happened in this recruiting class, if you follow the so-called recruiting experts, you would have thought Ohio State was losing everything. Uh, We did lose one recruit to Oregon. Um, However, Jeremiah Smith admitted Today, he wasn't sure if he was going to choose Ohio State or Miami, just like in the video you saw. He had two hats in that bag, he said, and he really wasn't sure who he was going to choose until right before he made that announcement. Hopefully, he signs and all is well with the world. Uh, if not, hopefully, we still get him, right? Because if he doesn't sign, then then we might be seeing him later than what we, we thought in the second cycle. He could, have, he could, he could sit there and, and go back and forth for the rest of the school year if he wanted to. He's the number one kid in the entire class. We thought we were going to lose uh, Edric Houston to Alabama. So two of the five five-star guys we thought we were going to lose, um, according to the experts. There was a call that went out by the 1870 Society, which is Ohio State football's collective um, uh, NIL partner, who called out Buckeye Nation to donate money. Obviously, what happened, if you read between the lines, is we got in a bidding war for some guys with some other schools. And based off the fact that both those guys, Smith and Houston, decided to remain with Ohio State, I have to feel that Buckeye Nation came to the plate and stepped up and we matched, at least matched offers that were coming from Alabama and Miami. If you watched what happened today in signing day down in Florida, the Gators got raped today. Almost all their commits were taken away. Uh, Florida State had a ton of flips today. Miami came in and started offering money left and right to people. Uh, The safety, KJ, is it Bolden? Bolden. Bolted from Florida State, went to Alabama. Ohio State, for all of the worry in Buckeye Nation that our NIL is falling behind, and I still think that there's some there's some cracks in that foundation that need to be looked at moving forward. My theory is, is that Buckeye Nation came in and saved a day. I don't know what those donation numbers are. I would like to see what they were in the last 48 hours. They were significant. They were significant. That's my theory on how... Ohio State was able to save this recruiting class for Ryan Day uh, as he fainted there at the podium today. JR, your thoughts on that, and do you have any other theories before we let you go? 
Uh, well, number one, you said KJ Bolden went to Alabama. He went to Georgia. Georgia, so. Georgia. They're all the same hillbillies. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, they're they're down in the south and they're really good. So <laughs> Georgia, you are correct by that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just want to make sure I corrected that. Um, n- number two, I I am with you. I and I've been pretty vocal. I don't know about pretty vocal. I've sent out a couple tweets about it on social media that you know I. I think it's great that the fans are donating and a part of NIL. I think that the fans need to be a part of it, and it helps us feel like we have a little bit more ownership of uh, you know, supporting the team and stuff like that. However, I mean, at the same time, these NIL collectives got to get themselves together. I mean, what's, what's easier, getting 1,000 people to donate $25 or you know, getting five people to donate, you know, half a million dollars. I mean, if you go to those big donors and you get those guys to make big donations, your NIL is going to be that much better. Look at the schools that are excelling in NIL the most. You have Oregon who has Nike backing them. Phil Knight is there. And I'm sure Phil Knight has got plenty of buddies that are donating with him. Miami has John Ruiz. What's he have that watch company or something like that or whatever. Uh, And I'm sure he's got his buddy, Ohio State needs to dip into some of these millionaires and not just get them to donate, but also get them and their buddies to be donating and putting toward the program as well. I'm not saying they need to be given $5 million a year, but I am saying that, you know, get some larger chunks out of these guys. And then you might not find yourself in a situation where you're having to go to the fans and ask them to, you know, give $25 each or something like that, which again, I'm not against. I think that's good. And I think that that is uh, fun for the fans in some ways to be able to do that. I just think if NIL is going to be a top tier thing, which we want everything in Ohio state football to be top tier, um, we have to look at not just getting the fans involved, but getting some of those larger donors involved. And from what I hear, that's a Gene Smith issue, um, and so I just hope that whoever comes in and fills in for Gene Smith after he is gone corrects that um, because we can't we can't be messing up NIL. I wrote down NIL issues. That'll be something we cover on a, a live show down the road, Jr. And, and there's not too many issues. We need to get the second class, right? I mean, it's not like the sky is falling, but it's just looking ahead to the future. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Chris, you got anything else for JR before we let him go? Nope, nope. I, just, I just agree with uh, pretty much everything he said. Uh, I agree with what you said about uh, Buckeye Nation really stay, stepping up. I think JR is right. I think it's a great thing to be a part of. Um, give us a little bit more uh, encouragement to uh, hold these guys accountable out there on the field. Uh, Apparently you know, we're all terrible people for holding Kyle. We're McCord awful people. Yeah, I've been told twice today that we're awful people on this podcast for the way we treated Kyle McCord. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, and my, and my, my cousin was one of them, by the way. Yeah. But uh, that, that having been said, you, you know, I just go back to this. NIL, the transfer portal, they're destroying college football. <laughs> all right, Chris, uh, Chris. Chris and I are going to hang around. JR, have a good show. Before uh, be looking forward to seeing that in a few minutes. Uh, all right, Chris. So just you and me now. Let's talk about what I. You are a Christmas guy, man. I know you love Christmas. You love Christmas I, movies. I do. You love you love Christmas money when people come shopping. 
I really love Christmas money, I, Eric. I know you do. Yes. So uh, I made a lot of Christmas money today, Eric. Did you? <laughs> I did. While yeah. while fans were yelling at you about some, they were uh, being me, being yes. too hard on Kyle McCord. Yeah. My gosh. So, anyways, we're we're going to get into a, a, the last segment here of the show tonight. We're uh, and if you're watching this. Merry Christmas to you on YouTube if you're watching this. And thank you so much for supporting our channel in 2023. Chris, we started our YouTube channel, officially started it with videos this year at the end of January, beginning of February. Now, we had been posting the audio version of our podcast for years on YouTube with very little success because it was just audio. Um, and it was just something that uh, Podbean allowed us to do. Um, but since we uh, became members of Fansided and they took over the uh, audio side of things for us, uh, we decided then to start concentrating more on the video side of things. And it's been a learning process in the first year. Uh, we're still trying to get all of our audio issues here with YouTube figured out. Uh, when you have multiple people with multiple microphones things happen. Okay. We're, we're trying our best to get that stuff ironed out. If it was just one person or two people, it'd be much easier, but the more people you bring on to the show, the more audio differences there are. And sometimes one person's audio just gets bled out completely. But so we're working on that. So thank you for your patience. But all of that being said, Chris, it's been a great year here on YouTube, and I want to thank each and every single one of you who have subscribed and followed our channel, and we will continue to do the very best we can in producing the very best Ohio State football content for you in 2024, but I'm not going to apologize for being controversial, and I'm not going to apologize for being truth. I believe the one thing that we have that no one else does in Buckeye Nation is we come at you from a fan perspective with as much truth as th we possibly can. Yeah. And sometimes that truth hurts because it's not always uh, rainbows and lollipops in land of scarlet and gray. Sometimes there are losses and those losses are because of certain decisions that are made. And when we believe that those decisions need to be discussed and they need to be talked about, you best believe myself, Aaron, JR, and Chris, that's exactly what we're going to do. So if that's for you, welcome aboard. If it's not, go find someone who's going to lie to you about Ohio State because we, uh, we're not going to do that because we are true fans, not just – not just loyal loyalists who loyalists who just are going to feed you a bunch of BS to get your clicks. That's not who we are. So, Chris, that being said, I want to do a segment about Buckeye Christmas. Okay. One Christmas gift that you can open that you would get under a tree. And one bigger gift for Buckeye Nation or as a fan that you couldn't get from under a tree if you follow my drift on that. Which one do you want to start with first? What's under the tree or the bigger one? Oh, let's go with what's under the tree to start, Eric. All right. So you you wake up on December 25th and tiptoe your way down to the tree. Santa Claus has come down the wild's chimney and not burned his burned his britches 
and has left under the tree for one Chris Wilds a Buckeye gift. And that Buckeye gift, when you open it, is what? Oh, wow. There's so many. And and I think for me, I would like a commemorative football signed by all the Heisman Trophy winners. Oh, that's a good one. All of them, huh? Yes. Yeah, now obviously that'd be something that has already been signed because a few of them are no longer with us. But Right. Does that even exist? It does exist. I have oh, seen it. Oh, you have seen it. I have seen it. Have you? How many have you seen? Just one? I've seen a couple. What's the price tag on that? The last one I saw was about 900 That's it? That was it. That I thought it was going to be in the thousands. I really did. No, it was, it was 900 the last one I saw. Hmm. And it was authenticated even. So, Wow. Okay. I wake up and run to the Christmas tree on Christmas morning. And in a scarlet and gray box tied with a bow from Santa Claus, Eric opens up a autograph picture of one Woody Hayes. You, you know, I was this close. I know you I, were. I almost, I almost bought one a couple months ago. I just talked to the guy. He still has it. You know, it's the and one. There's a good chance that I'm going to own it before oh. the start of the next season. There is one piece of Buckeye memorabilia that would complete my collection, and it's that one. I have most of the Heisman Trophy winners. I don't have the yeah. first couple. I have the last four. Um, I have actually, uh, I have a piece of memorabilia with all four of them on the one piece signed, mm -hmm. uh, which is in authenticated as well. It's on one jersey. It's sweet. Yeah, the but, the, li the living Heisman Trophy winners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got yeah. one. Well, they, they were living at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I've got that, but I I always thought having one Woody Hayes. Yeah, autograph picture would be, would be awesome. Uh, that's the that's the one I could open under the tree. All right, Chris, what's the one Buckeye Christmas gift that you could that you couldn't wrap and put it under a tree that you would like to get for this Christmas? Uh. I, I think for me, it would it would have to be a remote, Eric. It would have to be a remote control where I could push the button and make Ryan Day actually be aggressive when he needs to be aggressive. That's what I want more than anything. I want the button that just it, it plays it, it plays right into his headphone. And and it's Lou Holt's voice telling him how soft he and his team are. That that's what I need because I'll tell you, I, and, and you know I get on Ryan Day so much on this program. I really do. I get on Ryan Day a lot, but it's because I know he has the coaching ability to take this team to where it needs to go, and he can't get out of his own daggone way to do it at times. 
Yeah, so you would want angry Ryan, angry Ryan Day as a play caller all the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. I want angry Ryan Day. In fact, I want him so angry that he makes Urban Meyer and Nick Saban look like they're perpetually happy. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, all right. Mine, mine is obviously impossible. But if if I could somehow, Santa Claus or somebody who had the power, could go back to the year 2006 oh. when Ohio State played for two national championships in the same school calendar year, one in football against yeah. LSU, or no, it was, it was Florida. It was Florida in both, wasn't Florida. it? Yeah, and that's right, Florida, yeah. and then – Again, in basketball, we get all the way to the Final Four, play against Florida in the national championship in 2000. I guess it would have been, yeah, 2006. Yeah, that was Conley and Odin. And, yeah, and yeah. we lost to Florida again. If we could somehow go back in time and we win both those games, that would be the Christmas, Buckeye Christmas gift that I couldn't open under a tree of a lifetime right there, man. That one, that year hurt in my soul so much. To quote cousin Eddie, that's the gift that would keep on giving the whole year round, Eric. Oh man. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it ever? Oh yeah. That would be awesome. All right. What let's do this because this, this is fun. Uh, We don't know Jr. as well. Uh, JR has joined the show within the last month and he's doing great. And we're thankful to have him here. And every time more news comes out about what's going on in the scandal of that team up North, doesn't he look more and more like a genius every single time? He, he does. And more rolled out today. Not that we want to dive into that right now, but more uh-huh. rolled out today. We don't. Yeah. And so, and based on the news that rolled out today, it sure looks like what he was saying was going yeah. to happen this summer. Is that going to be absolutely true? Um, so whoever his uh, sources are more power to Jr. He's got a, he's got a good one. Um, so we're not going to do this for Jr., but we are going to do this for our buddy, Aaron, who's not with us tonight. Um, we're going to pick, pick for him. <laughs> Which one do you want to pick for him? The one that he would open from under the tree or the one he would, would couldn't open from under the tree. Oh, I'll I, let you I want to choose the one. one under the tree. I want to choose the one under the tree. Okay. <laughs> All so, right. I can't, I can't wait for when, him to see this. When, when Aaron comes down the stairs, gets under the tree and wraps that scarlet and gray box, he's going to find a football autographed by his two favorite players, Tough Borland and Bryson Shaw. <laughs> yes. That is so good. I can just hear him now. I hate you guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yes. We might be able to make him ha- make that happen I, for him. I think him. we could make that happen. Yeah, I think so. That could we could do that. Uh, all right. The gift that Aaron uh, would open <laughs> that uh, is not under the tree that uh, – let's see here. Um, Bryson Shaw transferring back for his last year of no, eligibility? No, no. Better than that. Every time Aaron Brown 
goes to an Ohio State football game for the rest of his life, he has to go and sit beside McDonald's Mary from Purdue. <laughs> she was very nice. She had a lovely singing voice. She had a lovely singing voice. She really did. Every game from here on out for the rest of his life, he gets to go to all of them. He gets to go to every single Ohio State game for the rest of his life, but he has to sit next to McDonald's Mary. Is, is it wrong that I'm so looking forward to our next road trip just so I can see what happens next? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we're going to find out what it's like in East Lansing. I think that's the one we're going to head off to. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun, man. But, yeah, hopefully McDonald's Mary, the Purdue fan, will be somehow in East Lansing. That would be great. Sitting right beside one, Aaron Brown. Actually, actually didn't McDonald's actually start in Michigan? No, it was California. I thought, I thought it was what? out west. Was it? I thought it I was. Yeah, I think if you look watch the movie Founder, I think they were out west. Somewhere. Yeah, I don't watch movies like that. I watch Christmas movies and sports movies. That's it. All right. What Christmas movie have you watched this season? Have you watched any new Christmas movies? I don't think so. I mean, I've watched a couple that were more recent. Uh, you know, Spirited, that one was uh, pretty decent. I don't know if you saw that with Will Ferrell mm-hmm. and uh, Ryan Reynolds. That, that's pretty good. Um, what, one that we've we've watched a little bit too is, is Noel with Anna Kendrick. That's kind of a cute one, but I've seen that you one. Know, I, I I've got my favorites. You know, I've got my Christmas Vacation. Yep. Uh, Watch that tonight, Ra- Ralphie. Uh, yeah, Christmas Story. And actually, the the second one, the new one's not bad. I just the watched that last awful, night, but the new one is not bad. Yeah, yeah, I just watched that last night, and I. I, I loved a lot of the callbacks that they made yes. to the original, but it's, it, it's, it doesn't touch the original. My favorite part of that is when the bully who he beat up in the original is the cop in the second yes. one. And it's, <laughs> I love that part. I thought that was really good. Uh, gets caught stealing the, the star from uh, the bar uh, that he was, uh, he knew that there was a star there. Great, great job. Yeah, but I Eric, I, I do want to throw a little more controversy out there right now. Sure. I'm going to say it. Die Hard is not, I repeat, is not a Christmas movie. I agree with you, but I do know that Jay Thompson does not agree with you, and you will probably get a comment from him when he sees this. So. That's okay. All right, guys. Please like, share, subscribe. It really does help the channel. Give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Um, make sure that uh, you check out our channel daily. I know sometimes we we cut up videos from the live show. We will not have a live show this uh, this weekend on Christmas Eve. And if you're watching this on Christmas Eve or Christmas, Merry Christmas to you if you're watching this video. If you're listening to the audio version, give us a five-star review. It really does help the channel and it helps the algorithm. So more Buckeye fans much like yourself can find us and then they too can put our lovely voices in their ears as well just like the lovely singing voice from mcdonald's mary over there in purdue land um chris merry christmas man merry christmas Derek. and i I gotta tell you i'm very much looking forward to uh the 29th and coming down to to the palatial bogs estates in beautiful (laughs) delaware ohio and uh, getting a chance to watch the Buckeyes go out there and do what they're supposed to do and win versus one of those lousy 
pick teams from the SEC. Yes. So looking forward to that as well. Thank you, Chris. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you out there in Buckeye land. And if you're not a Buckeye fan and you're watching, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. Be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen High with all your heart. Until next time, OH. I owe. Go Bucks. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.